In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Dealing with the virus is exhausting enough. But now there is a financial pandemic headed your way and it's aimed straight at you. We've got details with the FBI coming up next. Stay with us. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And we welcome you in to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Scott Inman is away. I am John Shrewsbury with Janet Walker. And we are talking about all the strange things that are going on in 2020. I, 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 I don't know, Janet, that I have ever, ever seen a year that I am going to be ready for it to be <laughs> over with any more than this year. Just think about all the weird stuff that's been going on. It, it's, it has been an insane year. John, I will give you a, a happy moment. Uh, it's something that you're not going to have to deal with, that it just hit me that I am going to have to deal with this fall just because of the age of my son. I get to fill out the wonderful FAFSA. So just add that to my list of 2020 <laughs> things to do, you know, and things oh, yeah. to deal with. Yeah. Um, but uh, for most people, that's not on their list, but something that might be on their docket for 2020, and they may not even be aware of it yet, is unemployment fraud. And that's really going to be our focal point today. Absolutely. The FBI has seen a spike in fraudulent unemployment insurance claims, and you may have actually experienced this already. If, if your boss has walked into you and went, hey, you're unemployed, and he didn't really mean it, <laughs> then you may have actually experienced this. It seems that this is all related to this ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. How many strange things are related to the COVID-19 pandemic? Uh, more than I want to count, yeah. but but it involves the use of stolen, personally identifiable, uh, identifiable information. And in our industry, we call that PII, personally identifiable information. So name, address, phone number, date of birth, social security number, those types of things are finding their way into the hands of the wrong people. And those wrong people are actually going and filing unemployment claims against your record and it can be really problematical janet yes and the number is pretty big already and this is according to the federal trade commission covid 19 fraud has already cost americans 77.4 million dollars since the beginning of the year so it's a very significant number and growing when we talk about unemployment fraud if you go, I, I mean, what does it matter if somebody's collecting a check? I'm still working, so I'm getting paid. Yes, but um, the IRS would like to know what your real numbers are, and, and everything that is being claimed is being claimed in your Social Security number if you're part of this. And so it is very important for you to understand whether you have been a victim of, of unemployment identity fraud or not and just know what to do. And that's going to be our focal point today. Well, let's let's kind of break this down if it's important enough for us to dedicate an entire show yeah. on, on the get ready for the future show to it you know it's a big deal so uh, let's let's kind of just walk through the steps here first of all you're going to get a 1099 if you have been a victim of unemployment fraud and the irs is not going to know the difference they're going to go right. okay that's a 1099 he had an unemployment income on top of your regular income so you owe more in taxes and so the irs will be looking for their money if you don't deal with this in a very productive way. The other thing that I think about, Janet, is is if they have enough of your personal information to file for unemployment successfully, they've got enough of your personal information to do just about anything else. Yeah, it, it, you're absolutely right. They would have all the information that they need. And I would say that nobody is beyond this. Uh, pay attention to your information and whether this could be you, because in the state of Arkansas, Governor Hutchison, actually, uh, Asa Hutchinson was a victim of pandemic unemployment assistance. So it's actually got its own little title now, PUA, pandemic unemployment uh, assistance fraud. And so even the governor, I mean, my gosh, who's who's crazy enough to say, hey, I'm the governor, governor of Arkansas and I'm now unemployed, send me a check. But yeah. somebody did that. How much hubris does a criminal yeah. have to have to, yeah. to actually bow up and, and claim that he's the governor? And, and by the way, 
wouldn't a state employee ought to maybe have caught that somewhere on the Potentially, way? You know, I, 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 not, nothing against them. I just, I, I'm going, okay, how did this actually get through? How yeah. did, how did anybody not pay attention to that? Here's the numbers, Janet. At the beginning of this month, there were 27,000 pandemic unemployment claims and 10,000 unemployment assistance claims in the state of Arkansas. That's not nationwide. Yeah. That is the state of Arkansas. 27,000 claims, 10,000 unemployment assistance claims. Uh, Arkansas is is really almost ground zero for this type of thing. And John, one of the first things that, that happens when you find out that, that this has occurred is you're told to file a police report. And, and we got an awareness of, of what was going on we have some clients uh, who had gone through this and they had been told to file a police report and we got to thinking about you know this is this is not a local police issue I mean go ahead and file the report you need to do that but what else do we need to do and yeah. so as a result of that that thought process and just kind of brainstorming with some of our clients we went you know I, I think this is really it's a federal issue and so let's reach out to the FBI and because we had uh, had some of them on our show previously and we thought well let's just give these guys a call and see what they have to say about it and it was then that we discovered just how big of an issue this really is and and they're spending a lot of time focusing on it absolutely and we're going to be talking with uh, a special agent of the fbi uh coming up on the show todd adams he'll be joining us in the in the second segment but janet i wanted to spend just a little bit of time talking about personally identifiable information and how we handle that here at GenWealth because we have a lot of people concerned about, okay, uh, you know, if I come in and I give you all of my information, how safe is that? Uh, First of all, we've got all kinds of measures in place to be sure that your information is safe within the uh, confines of GenWealth and LPL Financial. Yeah, we've gone to some pretty extensive measures on that. Even, you know, the paper that we... uh, ultimately wind up shredding we make sure that that gets shredded on site it doesn't get taken off site to be shredded somewhere it is shredded on uh, on our premises before it leaves and so that that was something we were very intentional about but even you know that just the systems that we use as far as computers and everything there is a lot in place that regularly gets audited for security purposes now I, I will say you know and, and we've seen this nationwide any system, you know, it's not perfect. You need to do your part to guard your information, and we are doing our part to guard your information as well. Absolutely, and and we have in place a system that monitors for any kind of threat to our computer network, and they are able to shut that threat down at a, at a very quick uh, yeah. pace to uh, be able to protect that. But I also know that, that our broker-dealer, LPL Financial, has high level of encryption on their data and things of that nature. Even if you are on account view, there are, there is bank level encryption mm-hmm. for, uh, your, your personal identify, uh, personally identifiable information. This PII, you know, there's an acronym for everything these days. And, and <laughs> yes, it, it there gets is. kind of difficult, but I wanted everybody to, as we broach this subject, it is yeah. something that is on the minds of a lot of folks. And I wanted people to know that we don't take that lightly at all here at GenWealth. Um, I'll give you an example of uh, what some of our clients have been through. We had a, a couple whose email was hacked. And so the person who hacked their email tried to make a withdrawal from some of their accounts. And that was caught and stopped. So the withdrawal didn't happen. But now as a an extra precautionary measure where those assets are actually held, there is a phone call required to make a withdrawal for those clients because yes. it, it's just a highlighted deal that says, hey, there has been an attempt at fraud on for these people in the past. Therefore, they will not accept anything like, electronically as far as requests for funds on those accounts. So there are additional precautionary measures that can be put in place as well. Lots of things like that, even as simple as us scanning your driver's license when you come in. So later, if you come in and speak to someone else, they pull that up and they know that you are who you're supposed to be. So a lot of things going on there. We're going to be back in just a couple of minutes with uh, Special Agent Todd Adams with the FBI talking more about this pandemic of unemployment theft going on here in the state of Arkansas. We're back in just a second. Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show. And we'll be right back. 
This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life. Whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across Central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Well, we always find things to celebrate around here, and I, I'm just ecstatic to, to talk about this today, Janet. Yeah. This is actually a bull market in the middle of a pandemic. Yes, it's official. We're there. We're going to call it and say this is it. We have actually had five months in a row where the S&P has closed at, at new levels. We're continuing to move up. New all-time highs all along the way. Best August, by the way, since 1986. Yeah, it, it has been an incredible run, especially if you think about where we were yeah. in February and March uh, as a result of the pandemic hitting and what has happened since then. Now, uh, we've come a long way, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the party's over because when we have, if you look historically, when we have mm -hmm. these uh burst of, of activity in the market where we've had this five-month run of great things. It doesn't mean that, that things are going to fall off after that five months. As a matter of fact, uh, in almost every case, except for one, there has been a, 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 a change, if you will, of the, uh, of the market in one of those, but yeah. all of them kind of continued from a bull standpoint. So to put some numbers on that, so a year after a five-month win streak, so the S&P 500 has been higher 25 out of 26 times. I, I'll take those statistics. And, you know, this goes back to what we've been sharing with our clients as they've continued to ask, are, are we there? Or, you know, is this, is this the peak? And frankly, we've been hearing that question for a long time. And they all thought we were there when we had the pullback because of the, of the pandemic. And that was significant. But now it's in the past and we're continuing to move on. And this goes back to fundamentally, our economy is in a good place. We got thrown off by a pandemic, but we're in a good place. Yeah, and there's a, a lot of things beginning to open up again, despite right. all of the, the precautions. We're learning to adapt to this. But I think one of the things that's important for our viewers and listeners to understand is that the market is a forward-looking vehicle. It is anticipating mm -hmm. us getting a vaccine and coming out of this pandemic and getting as best we can back to normal in a in a relatively short period of time, maybe not as quickly as you or I would like it, Janet, but it, it is uh, in, in the foreseeable future. And I think that's what's driving this market. I think the one lesson I would like for a lot of people to learn is that there will always be a new high. You know, people say we're at all time highs. It, it, should I stop putting money in because we're at all time highs? Yeah. Well, how many all time highs have we had? Yeah, we were at all time highs in 2012. Yeah. And, and in 2014. Keep going. And in 2016. So, yeah. you know, it is the dynamic of the market. And, and of course, we're not sitting here telling you the next four or five months are going to be like the last four or five months. We could actually uh, revisit some lows. Uh, you know, if uh, we had a bad uh, spell of cases going up and, yeah. and uh, maybe bad news on a virus or something like that. But, Janet, I think that we've got to listen to what the market is telling us and look at the fundamentals and why mm -hmm. this market continues to go up. And I think that's what you, why you respond to this by having a plan in place instead of responding with worry about are we at an all-time high and therefore we're going to go down. Get a plan that will work for you in either direction. It's critical that you do that. Absolutely. And and obviously we're going to stay on top of things. We diversify your portfolios here at GenWealth whether you are a retiree or you're accumulating money. We believe in diversification and we believe in taking what the market gives you. And so it's just a a matter of learning how to do that and understanding what you're looking at that allows you to take advantage of times like these. That is the fastest four minutes in investing. The Get Ready for the Future show continues in just a moment. There are only three things you can count on in life, death, taxes, and the Get Ready for the Future show on Saturdays. Back with more after this break. 
Do you have a burning question? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the Gen Wealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. This phrase used to carry a, a ton of weight, and it still does to me in my mind, but maybe not to so many folks uh, these days. But identity theft is a federal offense. Yes. Now, a federal offense is a big deal as far as I'm concerned, but, uh, you know, the feds have uh, nicer jails than the state does. So. <laughs> Uh, I still wouldn't want to be I one. still would not <laughs> want to be there. But uh, Todd Adams is a special agent with the Federal Bureau of Investigation Office in Little Rock and has been right in the middle of this pandemic that I'm calling it a pandemic of, of identity theft and unemployment fraud that is going on in the state. And uh, he's joining Janet in the studio today. Yeah, we are really glad to have you here, Todd, and, uh, and to give our listeners an opportunity to hear from the FBI about what is going on and what what they need to know so that they stay well informed. So let's go ahead and start talking about this a little bit. Sure. Uh, I'd, I'd love for you to explain to our listeners, first of all, what is unemployment fraud? Well, unemployment fraud is fairly easy to describe. It's someone that's filing for unemployment that's not entitled to it. So if they're using someone else's identification or information to obtain that, um, then that is unemployment fraud. They're, they're not entitled to it. They shouldn't have it. So they're going to receive the monetary benefit of unemployment that you should have been paid if, if you lost your job. And you may still be working somewhere, but they're filing unemployment in your name using your personally identifiable information, and they're going to receive that benefit. What does that do to the individual who's been frauded in this situation? What does that do to them? What are some of the consequences of this? Well, down the road, if they do become unemployed, they may not be able to file for unemployment um, and get those benefits that they deserve that someone else is stealing from them. They're also going to have a tax consequence from that in the, mm-hmm. in the future. And the, un- the employer is going to also have an unintended consequence as well when their unemployment insurance tax goes up for the next year. So, Todd, help us to draw the, the, the connection, uh, connect the dots, if you will, on unemployment fraud and COVID-19. Why has this kind of erupted uh, kind of all, almost coincidentally with COVID-19? I think people have taken advantage of the pandemic where there's been a number of individuals unemployed or the employers have had to send people home and they're not, not able to pay them. Um, and when the CARES Act came out, they allotted about $260 billion for unemployment. And individuals have realized this is a prime opportunity mm-hmm. for me to make money off of people um, without them even knowing about it. I'll have my money and be gone before anyone knows about it. And the reason is, with the employers having their employees at home, the government sending people home, so everyone's on a skeleton crew, it's difficult to catch these. The checks and balances aren't always in place like they used to be because there's nobody there. So let's talk through this a little bit. We've, we've already made reference to you may still be working and, and likely are, and then somebody files for unemployment using your identity to do that. Tell us some stories about um, things that you guys have seen and things that have actually happened and, and some of the consequences of those. Um, right now, we still have a lot of ongoing investigations, so I can't talk about some of those. But is what we're seeing a lot of are people taking advantage of the states being overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, where they're filing in multiple states um, and the checks and balances aren't there yet for them to catch that they shouldn't be filing in this state or that state. So we're we're starting now to come up on um, catching up to that because the states have now realized where the fraud is. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're now going out with Department of Labor, Postal Inspector, Arkansas Department of Workforce Services is, is a big part of this as well. So talk about the postal inspector. What, what role do they play? Why is that a party to this? Well, in further use of the mail mm-hmm. for a fraud mm-hmm. uh, does bring in postal as well as a lot of the checks are being delivered or right. debit cards. If you apply for unemployment in another state, they may send you a debit card. The states may do that or the federal government may. So a lot of these are traveling through the mail. And that's another federal issue it because is. the postal service is, is federal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Todd, I would like to uh, like for you to characterize maybe who the offenders are in this. You know, when you when you think about uh, identity theft and you think about unemployment fraud and all of that, you think about this this dark boiler room of people and they're all clustered in there and pulling information off computers and all of that. Is that really the way it is, or who are the people that are actually doing this? Well, they come from all walks of life. I mean, you do see those that are going through the dark web to purchase your PII off the dark web, but we're also seeing people that are 
doing the advanced fee schemes or calling you on the phone mm -hmm. or sending you a, a phishing email to talk to get you to enter your information so they can file for you. Um, or people are willingly giving it over the phone if they call and ask for, say, your Social Security account has been compromised and you're going to be arrested if you don't call this number and give this information. And people are calling and giving the information and they're using that to file in your name. I want to uh, I want to pick up on something that you you just mentioned about phishing emails. Uh, we at at our house got the uh, the email that you're about to see on the screen here. Uh, it looks very legitimate. It is from Netflix supposedly, and it says update your current billing information. Hi, unfortunately, we cannot authorize your payment for the next billing cycle of your subscription. Netflix was unable to receive a payment because the financial institution rejected the monthly charge. To resolve this issue, please update your payment information by pressing the button below, tap here. Now, if you have a Netflix account, you are, you know, uh, maybe, okay, well, uh, maybe this is a problem. I actually got this email and have a Netflix account and paused for a moment and thought, you know, I watched Netflix yesterday. I wonder if it's a problem. I wonder if they've shut it off. And I go and, and pull up Netflix and it, and it actually works. Uh, and then checked my account and everything and everything was fine with it. And so I avoided the temptation to click on this, this email. But Todd, tell, talk us through this email for just a second and help us to understand how do you know whether it's legit or not? And how do you know whether to take action on an email that could be a phishing email? If you look at all of your accounts that you have online, most of them all now have a security notice in place that they're not going to solicit information from you like this. Mm -hmm. And you should make sure you understand that from each of your accounts that they're not going to solicit this for me just out of the blue. There's going to be more correspondence back and forth. Or if you do see something like this, you need to log into your Netflix account separate from this email. Don't click on that button because they're expecting you to do that so they can capture right. all of your data. So don't use the email. Go back to your account, say to Netflix, and log in and see if there is actually an issue. Because if there is, Netflix, I know, is not going to send you this. Amazon's right. not going to call you and say your account's been compromised, give us this information. Social Security is not going to call you. I'm not going to call you and ask for a gift card not to come and arrest you. So understand that <laughs> go to your account off of that. E don't go to this right. email, but go separately to your login. And then I would then change that password for that for Netflix or for Amazon mm -hmm. or whichever and go ahead and change that. And we do recommend at least 12 characters, um, not just four, five, six, or seven, but make it at least 12 or more with special characters, something that's very unique. Right. You know, one of the other things that we've been told to look for in emails, and this one wasn't atrocious, but there are still a couple of things in here that stand out to me. Um, our our team here uh, lovingly calls me the grammar Nazi because if they put something in front of me and give me a red pen, I'll, I'll start correcting stuff. But even in this, there, there this first paragraph that's really it should be two sentences with a period in there but you've got a comma mm -hmm. and then there's a in the second paragraph there's a capitalized word randomly in the middle of the sentence and and we've talked about again this is not a bad example of this a, at all but there are those things that you get that it that the english is atrocious right. it's not a minor something that you would overlook but it, it's bad and we've been told that that is definitely a sign to look for as far as scams are concerned oh absolutely especially if it's an employment scam if yeah. you're looking at trying to get a job and they post something that you go to and it's the English is very poor um, or they're asking you to set up a bank account for them to run money through that for your job then obviously that's not something that you want to do sure and that's something that we would we would really highly encourage you to go to our ic3.gov website and file a report on that you can even copy this into the ic3 and give us that so we can track those complaints so if i'm hearing that for the first time ic3 right it, it, two or, letters okay ic number okay. three dot gov gotcha so obviously this is not the only way that people can can access your personal information uh, if you say well i'm just not going to click on one of these phishing emails i'll be okay that doesn't necessarily insulate you from the threat that's out there right now i would assume Correct. Yeah, I mean, again, they're they're being very creative on how they're getting this information, whether it be by these, these emails or by telephone calls or mm -hmm. you by answering an ad on Facebook or buying something off of any of these websites that are out there. A lot of these you can go back and look and see. 
these companies have terrible Better Business Bureau ratings or there's lots of complaints about not getting your information or getting your product that you purchased. So be wary of that before you go in and try to buy something that you think is really neat that's new and trendy. What about, uh, I just now thought about this, what about people who are already retired, like my mom is is in her 80s, so um, should she even be concerned about unemployment fraud? Because she doesn't have a job, but are, are people actually saying, okay, yes, I had a job, and I'm unemployed, and it still could be in her identity? Is that happening as well? It is. Um, they're taking parts of your information, say your social, his date mm-hmm. of birth, and your address, and this company, and people are so forthcoming with information on the internet. If you go to LinkedIn, you can see where someone was employed from this date to that date to this right. date to that date. So when you file for unemployment, they're tracking with what your employment was. So it's easier to get it through and harder to catch. Got it. But if you're using someone's identity that doesn't get, they don't file tax returns or mm-hmm. um, they're not used to that, then they could be being taken advantage of and they don't even know it okay we've got about a minute or so left in this segment we're going to spend a couple of segments with todd today uh, to talk more about this because we feel like it is such a widespread problem hey when the governor is suffering from it it's it's a, <laughs> it's you know they're pretty bold out there so todd we've talked about how widespread this is in the state of arkansas at twenty-seven thousand cases of unemployment fraud uh, as of today but give us a scope of what this looks like on a nationwide basis. Yeah, and like you said earlier, Arkansas is kind of one of the earlier states that was affected by this, but it's taken over nationwide. And talking with Department of Labor, um, you know, the $260 billion were allotted for the CARES Act unemployment. And is what Department of Labor is estimating is that $9 billion of that is going to be taken through fraud. Wow. So that is a tremendous scale of how much money is being taken through fraud nine billion dollars out of 260 billion Mm -hmm. so it is not just limited to arkansas obviously this is a nationwide not only do we have the covid pandemic but it's now an unemployment fraud pandemic if you will so uh, we're going to talk more on the other side of the break with with Todd about this this unemployment pandemic that we've got going on. But I want to be sure that that you're reminded that uh, we do a lot more here at Gen Wealth and talk about unemployment fraud. We uh, handle retirement investments and your money. We are retirement income planners and would love to have an opportunity to sit down with you if you are approaching retirement or already in retirement and you need a plan then you need to talk with us. Give us a call at 501-653-7355. That's 501-653-7355. We've got offices across the state of Arkansas and in northern Louisiana, but you can uh, get to those offices through that one call at 501-653-7355. We're back with more of the Get Ready for the Future show in just a moment. Are you following us on social media? Search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA so you don't miss out on behind the scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. The Get Ready for the Future show will be back after this. Did you know there are a ton of financial resources on GetReadyForTheFuture.com? No? Well, bookmark that page for later because the Get Ready for the Future show is back. Our day job is taking care of your retirement, your investments, and your money. But every once in a while, we need to pause and really focus your attention on something that is a threat to to you and your money and your finances. And that's what we're doing today on the Get Ready for the Future show. Uh, We want to be sure that everybody has the word about this unemployment fraud pandemic that is basically an outgrowth of what's happened from COVID-19. There's a lot of money being thrown at unemployment because unemployment skyrocketed right after the the pandemic, uh, you know, really took hold. And so anytime that there's a lot of money being thrown at something, you can guarantee that there's going to be some fraud. And the state of Arkansas is kind of ground zero for this. So we're spending some time today talking about unemployment fraud here on the Get Ready for the Future show. Janet is in the studio with a supervisory special agent Todd Adams from the FBI office in Little Rock. And Janet, we've had uh, quite a wide ranging discussion on this so far, but we've really just kind of scratched the surface at this point. Uh, you're right, John. Uh, Todd, let's go ahead and talk about when we're when we're talking about unemployment fraud, what is being done at this point to combat the problem that we're seeing in the state of Arkansas and nationwide? 
Sure. Here for the state of Arkansas, we've partnered with the Arkansas Department of Workforce Services, uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office, both Eastern and Western District, Postal Inspector, Inspector of um, the Inspector General, as well as Department of Labor Inspector General, to try to combat this. So we are working hand in hand with them to obtain all the data of the fraudulently obtained unemployment payments so we can then start tracking them down. We're very fortunate here that the U.S. Attorney's Office in both districts are wanting to prosecute each and every one of these. So it's a very robust program right now that we have dedicated resources with the FBI and those other agencies that we're working uh, together to go after each of these offenders. So that's on that's on the back end after something has occurred and and it's just the nature of your job to you have to be reactive in this situation but on the consumer side they have the ability to be proactive mm-hmm. to some degree so what would you say what would you uh, advise somebody to do to protect themselves before something happens So obviously monitoring your credit that's one thing that we really encourage you to do also if you do receive a letter from Arkansas Department of Workforce Services that you are obtaining unemployment, make sure you reach out immediately. As you spoke earlier, contact the police department, file a report, and then reach out to Arkansas Department of Workforce Services through their website and then Department of Labor. Um, and I'll get you a website for that later that you can Excellent. put out for people can, can file to. But that way you're being proactive. Even though if someone's already filed in your name, then look at your credit, put a credit freeze on and make sure that they're not accessing your number at that point. And the same thing for businesses. We're seeing if you are, and unfortunately with the pandemic, people were sent home. So those businesses may not have been able to address all the unemployment filings with that company. Um, but we really hope the companies can now, with bringing people back on staff, to scrutinize any of those Arkansas Department of Workforce Services letters. Is that employee, did they work there? Are the dates of their employment correct? Are the addresses correct? And then if that's someone that didn't file and you know it, then pull that data so Department of Labor and Arkansas Department of Workforce Services and us will have that for the further investigation. Janet, for our viewers on Facebook Live today, uh, you've got an opportunity to ask a question. Our team is monitoring the uh, the chat on Facebook Live, so if you want to make a comment and, and ask a question, uh, our team will get that to us uh uh, post haste uh, here on the get ready for the future show all you have to do is drop down in the comments section of facebook live and be able to uh ask your question we'll get that on over to agent adams uh let's talk a little bit about uh, as far as our listeners are concerned let's talk about what they should do to try to be sure that their personally identifiable information is protected and how do they avoid being a victim of of this pandemic Well, again, it's going back and looking at the accounts that you have right now. How strong Mm -hmm. are your passwords? Have you put anything out um, in the on the web that you shouldn't have out there? Any personal identification that you shouldn't? A lot. Facebook is a bad one, just because people overshare, mm-hmm. um, and by oversharing, that lets them. If if I can go through there and do investigative work and figure out everything about you, someone that is doing things the wrong way are going to be able to do the same thing. So try to lock down your accounts, change your passwords every ninety days. Um, if you do see something funny on your credit report that you can get every year for free, make sure that you go and investigate that and file a, a, a dispute against that. Uh, but also, again, just stay, stay aware of what's going on and don't give that information out. You know, the, the credit report is something that we encourage you to look at on an ongoing basis anyway. Right. Um, and, John, one of the things that we have talked about as well is the identity theft um, programs that are out there. There's lots of different ones. LifeLock is just an example of that. But, um, Todd, what is, your, what is your thought on programs like that for people? The programs are good because they monitor, but they don't necessarily do anything about it besides letting you know, hey, did the vendor actually identify that Mm -hmm. person and did the vendor file something? If the vendor didn't do that and take that step or the merchant, then you may not ever know. So LifeLock, things like that, Credit Karma, all of those that do monitor and give you an idea that something's taking place are good because then you're aware of it and then you can take action. But um, if you don't take advantage of any of those, and a lot of those are free services, um, then you may find out later the hard way that someone's been utilizing your data. <laughs> right. um, when they're not going to be paying your bills, so your credit rating is going to go down, mm-hmm. um, and then you're 
going to have a hard time even, you know, for mortgages or for or anything like that. And and we've looked at the, the lost time, at, you know, in terms of your ability to work. And, and certainly if you're at a, at a place where you're paid hourly, then, you know, how many hours is this going to take you during what would normally be your working time? Mm-hmm. And even if you're in a salaried position, how much time can you take away from work to fix this issue? It's, it's way better to be diligent ahead of time and do as much in advance before something happens as possible. Janet, I was going to ask Todd to maybe relate an identity theft story because I've heard some just horrific stories about how identity theft has wrecked the lives of people because they get so down the rabbit hole on trying to fix this that that they get consumed by it. Yeah, and a lot of people again, they, they wait too long. They're not being right. proactive with regards to their credit or anything that's going on in their financial life. And they, they may want to buy that house or they may want to apply for a car loan and they're not able to do it. And then they're either evicted because they can't obtain credit or it, it's really sad. A lot of times when we do come across those stories that people have been taken for everything and they mm-hmm. didn't even know it. Now it's too late. They don't have the money to hire the attorneys or whoever to help them fix that problem. So, and it is something that they just move from victim to victim to victim to victim. And it's very difficult to catch sometimes because some of the actors may be overseas and just utilizing Mm -hmm. someone here in the United States to help push money through accounts. And it's Mm -hmm. hard to do something about them because they're only getting two or $3,000. The person overseas is getting the bulk of it. Right. Right. Uh, Let's talk about what other types of crimes have come up as a result of COVID-19. Anything else that people need to be aware of? Yeah, advanced fee schemes from the government that you need to pay ahead of time to get a COVID-19 test, that the CDC wants you to pay for this test. That's that's a fake scheme. Uh, For PPE, for the personal protective equipment, you Mm -hmm. don't need to be sending off money to the government for personal PPE. You can buy that anywhere these days, especially because it's it's, I mean, every store I go to, there's stuff right, there. Right. Um, but also the unemployment issues we're seeing, some businesses that we've come across that are unscrupulous, if you will, mm-hmm. are laying the employee off per se, letting them collect unemployment for a kickback, and then the employee is volunteering at, at the office, but so the business Ooh. is making money off uh-huh. of it. So that's something that we're seeing a little bit of as well. You know, I, it just occurs to me that these things surprise folks like us because we don't think like criminals. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and and it's good that, that you guys are on the front line trying to battle all of this. And I think that, that when you think about all of the... Um, all of the downtime that is out there right now yeah. when people are unemployed, I think that's got to give rise to, you know, people having time to actually, to you know, perpetrate yeah. crimes like this. You know, I, I think about the one you just talked about where, you know, a an individual and their employer kind of work together mm-hmm. in the plan. And so it looks like the employee is not working, but they're coming in and, and volunteering. I got a newsflash for you guys. That's going to impact your Social Security one day, and you're going to care about that. If, you've, if you're missing a year of income or you have a lower year of income, it doesn't matter that you're getting paid cash under the table or you're getting unemployment benefits or whatever. It's going to impact your income in the future. Even if you don't get caught doing it, it there's a gotcha there for you. Yeah, and the other thing to think about, everyone's teleworking now. Yeah. So people aren't taking that into consideration with regards to security. So is are the meetings that you're holding, are they secure? Right. Are, are other people able to get in and listen to what you're talking about, pick up on what your company's doing? Um, that's something to really pay attention to. Schools, you've, you've heard, have had issues with Zoom, mm-hmm. where people have been hacking into the Zoom and doing inappropriate things on the classroom for Zoom. They can do that for your business and listen. Right. So always be aware of what's the security for those streaming services. Are they good? Is that good for your company? Don't do it because it's easy and fast. That's going to be the way that someone may be able to access all of your data for your company because you're talking about it over some meeting that's being streamed. I want to go to the website. You said ic3.gov, and and I've pulled this up. Uh, So Federal Bureau of Investigation Internet Crime Complaint Center. So Mm -hmm. that's where the C3 comes in, Internet Crime Complaint Center. So what all? What would be some of the reasons you know that people would go there? Identity theft. They it doesn't have to. Does it have to start on the internet, or is this where they're going to report it? It, it doesn't have to. It's okay. it is an easy way to report things because mm-hmm. some people don't want to call us. They would sure. rather just send something, and that's one way to do it. So any financial related issue that's happened over the internet or wire, 
That's one way to report like a business email compromise. If someone's attacked your company, we'd love to get all of that data from the stream, from your back and forth with the email, put that on there. Anything to do with identity theft and unemployment fraud, we highly encourage that because that IC3 is a national clearinghouse. They're going to then filter it to the field office that needs it. So if it's Arkansas, they're going to shoot all of those to me. Mm-hmm. So that'll come to me and the analyst on my squad to ensure that we're filtering through and making sure we're, are, is this a pattern? Um, and they help us filter that out. Todd, we've got about a minute left on the uh, on this segment. I want to be sure to touch on this because I know this is a problem for you guys and, and every law enforcement uh, agency out there. There is really no embarrassment connected with being a victim of, of a crime like this. Uh, and so I think the hesitation maybe to report it, uh, it could be connected with that embarrassment. Talk a little bit about the fact that, that you have to try to overcome that that. Uh, timidness to uh, uh, to actually come in and actually uh, report a crime. Yeah, we do get a lot of embarrassment. People don't want to say that they fell for a scam. But mm-hmm. if you don't tell us about it and we don't know about it, they're going to continue to do that to other people. And they may continue to target you down the road because they feel that you're not going to say anything. So again, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Bring it forward. And we see that a lot with elders. They don't want to say that mm-hmm. they did that because they're scared they're kids will take their finances away from them. So it's better to tell us now. Let's get in front of it. And there's no embarrassment there whatsoever. All right. Supervisory Agent Todd Adams from the Little Rock office of the FBI. Thank you for being with us on the Get Ready for the Future show today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're back on the show in just a couple of minutes. We're going to continue with retirement investments and your money and connect the dots on this and how planning can help you overcome some of these problems. We're back in a minute. Don't miss a minute of the Get Ready for the Future show. Look for our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash radio. We'll be right back. From the GenWealth Radio Network Studios, we're back with more of the Get Ready For The Future show. Janet, it is time to to really kind of... uh come clean for me for just a second because not I'm not uh, uh, admitting to perpetrating identity theft <laughs> I was about to say the FBI uh, agent just left yeah. and you're talking about coming clean what well, is this <laughs> no I, I think that that one of the things that can be a problem for folks and I'm I'm kind of guilty of this because you know I deal with paper all day mm-hmm, every day mm-hmm. I've got a thousand things going on in the office and when I get home I just want to just chill and and inevitably I end up with a stack of mail that I haven't been through. Uh, You know, and my wife is really good about being sure to separate out the bills that we owe and the things like that, things that have to be paid and what have you, but all the other stuff that isn't clearly something that needs our attention uh, just kind of goes in the stack. And when I get a few minutes, I will go through that and, and maybe go through days or weeks of, of junk mail, as I call it, and, and just kind of tear through it. That can be a problem here because if you are notified by mm-hmm. the Employment Security Division about your being filed on by uh, an unemployment fraudster, it might come in a very inconspicuous envelope that you might or might not actually pick up and, and identify. So I think the key here is vigilance. I think yeah. we've got to be vigilant in what we're doing in protecting our personally identifiable information. You know, I would just say, and I understand why you do what you do, but um, I, I would just encourage people to open your mail and, and yeah. just, just handle it. We've had clients over the years who have literally come in with a stack of unopened envelopes from, you know, various resources, whether it was account statements or whatever it might be, stuff that they never, ever looked at. And they go, do I need to do anything with this? And if they're doing that with their investment statements, then you got to wonder what else are they doing that with? And it's, and it's not... We're not placing judgment or pointing fingers or anything. It's just an encouragement to say, you know, I, we've we've kind of changed how we do things over time. We used to do everything through the mail, and so you opened every envelope that you got, and you dealt with it pretty quickly. Now we do so many things electronically that I do think it gets greatly ignored, and that's just, you know, the nature of transition as we, as we move more and more towards electronic things. But the reality is 
that is something that will help you figure out if something has been, you know, if you are a victim of any type of fraud, it is possible for you to potentially determine that by the mail that you're getting. So pay attention to it. Absolutely. And Janet, you know, we are known for giving straight talk on retirement investments and your money. So let's do a little your money straight talk. Your retirement, your investments, your money, your life savings, your peace of mind, could literally be at risk Mm -hmm. because someone else is trying to perpetrate a crime against you. Now, you've got to pay attention to this and take action. I I spoke about the the whole embarrassment factor, and and a lot of people allow crimes to go unreported because either A, they don't think anybody's going to do anything about it, or B, they're just embarrassed to say that they're a victim of a crime. That is the wrong tack to take. You've got to be sure that you follow up on this and be sure to hold those folks accountable and and try to do something about it. You know, if you ever had a, a bully when you were in school, If you ever had that, there was a time, whether you followed through on it or not, there was a time when all you really wanted to do was to punch him in the face. Mm -hmm. The way you punch the bully in the face is to contact the FBI. That's right. And go, here you go. Here's the information. And then then you can move on. Yeah, absolutely. Janet, let's talk a little bit about the importance of of this, the planning uh, idea that we talk so much about here at GenWealth and that advisor relationship in this. Because if you have an advisor relationship, then there, that's even another layer of protection uh, against, you know, something that otherwise you might be doing online or, or doing yourself or whatever. But that is another layer of protection uh, that is offered to you in that relationship. You know, I think it's especially as you age. And that's just an example that that comes to mind right now. I was meeting with a a couple in their 70s and and I talked with their son after our meeting. Uh, Their son lives in Texas, so he's in another state. But we spent probably 30 or 45 minutes on the phone after having met with the parents and talking about the the things that they're going through right now, what their concerns are, et cetera. But to be involved, have your have your adult children involved in your financial situation, and to have a financial advisor who is looking after your best interest as well. Um, we're we're just going to catch things a little bit faster than what you might, and not that we're going to catch everything because if you have to use the mail example, if you have unopened mail at home um, that we don't know about, we can't help you with that. But we can certainly pay attention to what you have going on with regard to your investments and be on top of that. So let's let's shift away for just a, a couple of minutes before we run out of time on the show today. And let's just talk a little bit about where we are right now in, in the economy, in the markets. Of course, we've got the election coming up. And if we get any kind of question these days, it is What's going to happen after the election? And I don't know that that really anybody knows that that answer to that question. But I know if you have a plan, then you can deal with whatever comes after the election. John, I had this exact conversation this morning before the show with an existing client. And the concern was their proximity to retirement. And, and he said, you know, if I were, if I were in my forties, it'd be a different conversation, but we're looking a couple of years in, in retirement. What is this going to look like? And we talked about, you know, there's, there's any presidential election leading up to the election. There's a significant amount of volatility, but normally after an election, the market goes up the very next day. And it doesn't matter in most cases, whether you're dealing with a Democrat or a Republican being uh, elected, the market goes up. It just wants to know who it's going to dance with for the next four years. Now, I will say this year is 2020. Things are different. Um, But when we look at, even as recently as yesterday, I was looking at some information from First Trust, which is a group that we lean on pretty heavily for research information. And and they're still saying they're looking at a positive year for the S&P 500 for 2020 by year end. And if that's the case, obviously that comes after the election. So they're saying regardless of which direction the election goes, they still believe we're going to have a positive year. And I'm not seeing anything from our research sources in in conflict with that. Janet, I think the, the key here is the importance of having a plan in place is to give you options yes. 
if and when things go wrong. And, and we're in that year when things go wrong. Yeah. And so we don't know. Uh, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen on the other side of November 4th or, or anything of that nature. I mean, uh, we could we could have a very peaceful uh, time in the, in the country. We could have a very tumultuous time in the country. Right. Really, we really don't know. But we know if you have a plan, then you have pivot points that you can can work through. And that's one of the things that I discussed with this client this morning. We talked about, you know, if it gets ugly before it continues to be pretty, <laughs> then, then what does that mean for your plan? And we went back to the ongoing conversation about the buckets of money approach that we utilize here. And even though he's only a couple of years out from retirement, the reality is he has some money that is still going to be long term and so if if we have some crazy point in the market that's the money where we will see that impact but it will not be what we call his grocery money that is significantly impacted so he'll still be able to retire on time even if we have a worst case scenario let me just throw out 2008 as an example you know regardless of of the cause having been different the reality is the market was down 40 percent in 2008 it doesn't matter what the why is it matters what the number is and even if if they were at that point today coming up let's say we were in 2006 and they're two years out from retirement and they don't know what's going to happen in 2008 that's really the concern at the core of the conversation but the reality is because those assets have already been segmented we're ready for the storm now we don't anticipate that the storm will be that bad but we're ready for it regardless. I used to work with uh, a, a wonderful grandmotherly type lady. And no matter what happened around the office, you would go and talk to her about it. And she would, she'd look at you and she'd say, John, this too shall pass. <laughs> and, and, you know, I know a lot of people are really worked up about, you know, what the future holds and, and the short term type thing think long term this too shall pass whatever we're going through right now shall pass and you've obviously got to think about long term because if you don't have a plan the future just happens to you yeah i I was reading a book um i've actually allowed myself this year to read some books just for pleasure not for personal growth and i was reading a book it's a historical book and set in the uh, 1700s before our nation was even established and they are talking about it's set in Boston and they're talking about the smallpox outbreak and it was the strangest thing to read that in this time as we're going through a pandemic because the the things that they address in the book are things that we post on social media right now the same fears the same concerns but you know what they got through that and after that our nation was established and here we are well over 200 years later and we still have a growing economy I would just encourage you to remember what John just said this too shall pass we're we're moving forward it, and it may look different, but we're moving forward. And I'm going to count that as your final thought as we yes. heard the bell as you uh, got started. And my final thought is this. Plans really cannot prevent bad things from happening to you. There's nothing that can prevent bad things from happening to you. But what a plan can do is to help you be prepared if and when they do happen and to have a pivot point as we've talked about for you to pivot to so that you can get through this and go on to live the life that you're looking to live if you'd like to do that we would love to visit with you you can give us a call here at gen wealth financial advisors as we mentioned we have six offices across the state of arkansas and in northern louisiana 501-653-7355 is the only number that you need to call to set up a visit with a gen wealth advisor the first time we sit down and visit with you totally absolutely no obligation and no cost to you you come in you sit down talk with an advisor they get to know you you get to know us and we see if it's a good fit if it's a good fit then we're going to work with you to pave out that that roadmap for your financial future that's it for the get ready for the future show for this week for the entire gen wealth team i'm john shrewsbury have a great weekend the gen wealth financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at get ready for the future.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355 You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. 
GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. 